Right, so we are back. The Shirefoot podcast is back. Uh, me and Co- Coach Tara. Hello. Um, <laughs> back again after our brief recording on the stress balloon. We've been managing our stress balloon this week. Yes. How's your balloon? My balloon is has plenty of room in it. Yeah, I've got loads of room in my balloon. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, title for today's show is uh, Injuries. Um, and... We are going to be trying to myth bust yes. with the injury um, stigma. Uh, and uh, the sponsor for today's show is D3 Design Yard. Um, that is Charlie Waite's company. She's a member at the West Yorkshire site. Uh, Charlie is a fantastic designer, very gifted. If you like uh, the recent merch that we've provided at Shirefit, uh, which I believe is super cool. Yes. Uh, okay. Charlotte uh, designed that for us. She's also designed the new terrain business logo, which I think is sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she <laughs> yeah, she's a fantastic designer and uh, she really works. What I like about working with Charlie is she really works with you to create what you want. Um, so she listens to everything that you say intently um, and then creates incredible products at the end. Absolutely. Um, so D3 Design Yard, if you need some minor designing, logos, um, graphics, you know, whatever you need doing design work, speak to Charlie at the gym or um, search D3 Design Yard in Leeds and you'll, I'm sure she'll have a website and things that you can go to. Okay, so um, injuries. Um we come across them quite a bit. Yes. You know, we do uh, coach within a CrossFit gym. And although CrossFit got the bad rep for injuries back in the day when it first started, um, injuries are just pretty much inevitable in anything where you're pushing your body and challenging um, your, you know, your physical limits. That could be in any sport. And I believe Greg Glassman took a few companies to court about this, actually, um, that like CrossFit was comparable in injuries, is that right, to yeah. other sports? I think. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. I, can't I mean, remember. you know, we can't hide away from it. You know, yeah. injuries do occur. And um, the part, the reason for this podcast is that, we, we you know, we really want to move away from some of the stigmas that are, uh, around injury. Yeah, because I think at the moment, it's got a really bad rep, hasn't it? Like being injured is really bad. You've means you've done something wrong. Yes, um, yeah. And it's actually quite well. It is normal to be injured. You know, yeah. it's part. It's part of it. Yeah. Um. And obviously, we want to try and avoid that. Um. We're going to talk about yes. some ways that you can avoid that. Um. In the future of this podcast, but you know, if you do get an injury within a Shirefoot gym, it's nothing necessarily to panic about. Um. And it's just something that you're going to have to work through. Yes. And we have Shirefits. Most injured team member. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah, had um, my fair share of Tara's injuries. Tara's been through the ring on injuries. <laughs> yeah. Touch wood, I actually have been all right. I've had minor ones um, to deal with yeah. along the way. Um, but I believe I'm too tight um, <laughs> to actually cause any injuries. Yeah. Um, I've got too much stability because I'm too tight, too maybe. Too much stability, yeah. yeah. I think, actually, I think Hannah might have the most injured Actually, award. do you think? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, Jack Turner's injured, but he just won't admit it, will he? <laughs> no, he's too young. <laughs> he's too, too young, young yeah. to be injured. Um, so we're going to start off the podcast with some exciting dun, dun, dun. top five myths uh, around injuries. Yes. And I'm going to start with one that's really wound me up recently. <laughs> okay. And this is the Rice Principle 
If someone tells you to apply the Rice principle to an injury today or in the next year or so, <laughs> tell them they're an idiot. Um, Rice stands for rest, ice, compress, elevate. I learned it years ago oh, when I was doing my sports um, yeah. A-level. We're so old, aren't we? It was yeah. so long ago. <laughs> and it was created by a guy called Dr. Gabe Merkin, who believed that the rest, ice, compress, elevate model would help reduce inflammation and therefore speed up recovery time from an injury, which since then has been disproved by guess who? Dr. Gabe Merkin. <laughs> he disproved his own concept. Um, so he no longer prescribes rice, you know, as an injury recovery tool. Uh, essentially, the reason for this is um, all of those methods reduce inflammation and inflammation is part of the natural healing process yeah. of our body. We actually want inflammation. So resting ice, ice constricts blood flow, so it stops, um, you know, all of the good things getting to the injured site. Compression does the same thing, restricts blood flow, so stops all of your nutrients, things that you need to get there to help fix the injury from getting there. And elevation, again, stops blood flow. We actually want blood flow. And the reason this has annoyed me is recently my mum, she works with horses, my mum, if you didn't know, was kicked by a horse, really badly hurt her ankle, went oh. to the um, hospital, A&E, and they told her to do rice. Oh, no. And I'm like, this is five to ten years out of date. Come on, guys. Like let's let's you know get up to date here so um we actually want the opposite of this we want movement as much as possible as long as it's yeah. not making the injury worse we want heat to create yes. blood flow yeah uh, we don't want compression i mean you can't really not you know you can't stretch yeah. <laughs> you, you know your skin but we don't want to compress it and we don't want to elevate it we want all of the inflammation we want you know the swelling everything like that because that will only speed up the recovery process not delay it Interestingly, when I had my knee injury, um, the lady who I was seeing for treatment, she would want to stimulate an inflammatory response. So she'd actually basically cause more pain yeah. almost to the area um, where it was painful um, to improve the recovery. But acutely, it would actually feel worse. So I guess doing rice, it might acutely feel better, but actually in the long run, you're slowing down your recovery. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, And I'd, I explained this to my mum at the time when she said about her injury. I was like, it's a bit like kind of taking the modium when you've got yeah. uh, the runs. <laughs> like, if you've got a presentation the next day um, and you're going to speak in front of a load of people, take a modium, you know, yeah. block yourself up, let's, <laughs> let, you know, do whatever you need to do. But, it, you know, if you want to get over the illness quickly, then just let it all out. Yeah, it's just that like graphic, a band-aid, isn't it? it? Yeah. Over the problem. Yeah, so rice would be useful on a short-term basis if you're playing two rugby games in a weekend. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, reduce the inflammation. But Trying to get through competition or something like yeah, that, isn't it? But not useful, definitely not useful in terms of long-term um, recovery. Cool. The next myth is pain equals a mechanical fault. I see this all the time in the gym with members. Um, they maybe have a little bit of pain in their knee or their, their shoulder. And they assume incorrectly most of the time that there is some sort of mechanical fault, i.e. a tear, a rip. Um, a ligament damage, uh, you know, like some sort of bone on bone, you know. Yeah. It is not necessarily, um, pain is not necessarily a mechanical fault. And we'll talk about what pain is later on in the podcast, mm -hmm. but it is definitely not all of the time that something um, mechanically has gone wrong. Yeah. Um, I hear this all the time with like shoulders. Yeah, oh, I think I've torn my rotator cuff. And it's yeah. like, 
really, you know, if you're torn your rotator cuff, you're probably not going to be able to do some of these things. Yeah, you'd lose movement for sure. Yeah. Um, the next one is rest is best. Yeah, so rest is best. So quite often when we get injured, people think, oh, I need to take six weeks out, you know, move as little as possible when in fact for most injuries you want to keep moving because when you get injured you want nutrients to get to that poorly area and to do that what you need is to increase blood flow and to increase blood flow you need to move so it's really important to keep moving obviously this will depend on the injury so for example if you've got a ruptured ACL you know it's best to rest at first but usually for most other injuries for example like maybe a bit of tendonitis or inflammation it's good to keep moving to increase blood flow to that area so yes rest is best is not always the case uh the next myth is injury equals bad okay or i mean i should have probably used a different word there but <laughs> injury this is bad yeah injury <laughs> bad this is like the reaction that we get from a lot of members when they yeah. have like a niggle or they potentially you know yeah. get an injury i used um, to think that to be fair yeah and it, and it's a more of a, an emotional response like oh God, I was really enjoying my training and now, um, you know, this is going to put me back or, um, oh God, I've got that competition coming up in two months time. And I'm just, I'm just laughing because of you. The <laughs> strength in depth. Yeah. I hurt yeah. my hip and I was like, guys, you're going to need a replacement to be open. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I need surgery. Massive emotional reaction from Tara, <laughs> which was a little bit over. She took out public health, uh, private health insurance and... <laughs> Yeah, uh, a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah, now. it was. Yeah, yeah. I can't, but, so I can't relate to that. <laughs> yeah, so basically, the the point here is that injury is not necessarily a bad thing, and I've got two main examples for that. So the fir- first one, from a competitive standpoint, is um, using Brent Fakowski as uh, an example. Um, he was an incredible athlete, really talented. Was just short of qualifying for the games for three years in a row finished fourth and the top three finished or finished sixth when the top three five went to the games um and bren uh i believe injured his shoulder at the time and couldn't do a lot of crossfit movements you know thrusters pressing push press kipping movements etc so he just did for three years like squat cycle squat cycle deadlift deadlift you know just lower body strength and this was actually his biggest weakness at the time so the injury forced him to focus on what he needed to focus on which then made him an you know an absolutely incredible athlete yeah filled in some some of the areas that he was struggling with and then you know subsequently i think if you follow the sport you'll know that brent's like now f- qualified for the games year on year for the last five years on his year that he returned to the regionals after the injury he what he absolutely obliterated the uh field um qualified in first place and then went to the games and and picked up was it fourth or second third uh, i can't remember oh you just missed out on done, podium I yeah think, done really yeah, well yeah. anyway um so yeah that's brent as an example and then the other one is a book that i read years ago it's called the gift of injury um and it's a really good book and basically in there um it talks about powerlifters and how on average to create a world record deadlifter the person needs to go through seven catastrophic back injuries and the he discusses that a catastrophic injury is something where they have to have at least four to six weeks out of training so you know each one of and he talks through the process that each one of the injuries that each of these people have teaches them that they're deficient or weak in an area that allows them to be better when they come back to the sport so um the injury that you know the book's called the gift of injury 
and it is exactly that sometimes an injury can be a perfect signal to you that you need to work on something change something fix yourself i mean tara you can probably jump in here with um your squat and what happened with your knee as a good example absolutely so um from like an untrained eye I guess I like, looking at my squat, it looked perfect. And I was naturally gifted in terms of strength. So I know I got a squat record before I got injured. So I thought everything I was doing was right. Big deal. Big deal. Yeah, to yeah. get that in there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I ended up with a chronic knee injury, uh, both for the bone and the tendon. And actually, what I, w- I wasn't squatting correctly at all. So even though it looked like a good squat, it actually wasn't. And it taught me to strengthen my posterior chain so my hamstrings and my glutes but also retrain the movement as well and we're still working on that now you know with the Mm -hmm. internal and external torque stuff so and like now um stronger than ever squatting less than ever yeah um and definitely come back a stronger athlete for it but yeah every injury teaches you something yeah so visually tara's squat was very upright she was at yeah. the devil's combo of really upright posture and with good mobility and strong quads. Yes. <laughs> so everything was going through her knees, 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 oh, knees, God, knees, yeah. no matter what workout it was. So eventually, you know, the old knees were like, Can't no, no, more. Tara, <laughs> come on, let's get those hips working for you. Yeah. So now she uses, you know, she sits her hips back slightly more in the squat, mm-hmm. which allows her to recruit hamstring, glute, Glutes. adductor. And therefore, the load is shared. And obviously, since then, yeah. we've had a lot less knee pain, haven't we? Yeah, a lot less knee pain, more efficient as well, I'd yeah. say, in my movement pattern. Perfect. Um, so that's um, the fourth myth, which the injury is a bad thing. Um, you know, the the emotional tie to injuries is key. And, and we want to remove that stigma. You know, when you get an injury, it's not necessarily the end of the world. Potentially, it's, it's the gift of an injury, actually. Uh, fifth myth tara fifth myth yeah that's what i had to say <laughs> yeah fifth fifth myth um so fifth the fifth myth mm-hmm. um is that injuries are local to the area of pain so this is not always necessarily the case so quite often we have people who come with shoulder pain and usually it's not actually the shoulder that's causing the pain so it could be linked to for example your pecs or your trap so it could be that you've got a tight back so it's not always the area of pain and we see a lot actually with knees so someone will experience knee pain and they'll put a knee sleeve on and they're doing everything they can to cradle their knee when in fact actually their knee pain could be down to like maybe ankle instability it could be something to do with their hips it could even be to have something to do with their feet so it's not always that area where the pain is where the injury is itself so it's important to analyze and look at the whole movement pattern so the movements that you do that cause pain evaluate the full movement analyze it and look further up or down the chain because likely it could be linked somewhere else yeah it's, it's like that classic myth of the old uh want to get six back two sit-ups yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah um like there's a you know there's a lot more complexity to that yeah. subject we're a chain injury. aren't we we're yeah. not just you know each joint every part of the body doesn't work individually it works together so it's likely that it's linked somewhere else but again that's not always the case I'm not saying you know if you get knee pain it's not your knee um but it's important to look you know up and down and analyze your full movement patterns mega so we're now going to move on to the two main types of injuries that we have seen as coaches in the gym um the first is that well i'll introduce both i'm going to talk through one and tara will talk through the other so first is catastrophic injuries okay and the second is gradual injuries 
So catastrophic injuries are something where, like, in one incident, snap, something happens, and yeah. you cr- and you cr- you've created the injury. It doesn't build over time. Um, these are incredibly rare. As a coach, I can say probably I can count on one hand the amount of times that I've seen a catastrophic injury occur at the gym. Yeah, same. I don't know about you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think once. I, I know a, a couple. So <laughs> one of them was um, Dalibor since I opened the gym. Oh. Um, sprinting for a dodgeball <laughs> in the warm up and um, ruptured his game. ruptured his calf. Yeah. Oh God. Um, so I actually assessed that and was like, oh, should we get rid of dodgeball? Maybe it's a bit too strenuous to start with. But then I reasoned that we've had one injury yeah. in two years. of And doing everyone loves yeah. dodgeball. Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, there would be mutiny <laughs> if we get rid of it. Uh, but yeah, so probably three or four times I've seen. Um, and these these are things like dislocations, um, breaks of yeah. bones, um, tears of um, ligaments or tendons. Um and yeah, they're very, very rare and they sometimes occur in the gym. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <On> Q Tara. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, yeah, gradual injuries. So these are like built up over time. So for example, like a catastrophic one would be like what Max said, where maybe you've fallen over and you land on your wrist and you snap a ligament. Whereas this one it's something that's built up over time and it's usually down to mismanagement of volume so maybe you've had a sudden increase in volume in training um it could also be like when you're ignoring signs and symptoms so maybe you are starting to get like you know, like a little niggle in your shoulder and you're like oh it'll be okay and you continue to work through it and it sort of lingers and maybe gets worse over time um it can also be due to like poor technical execution as well so again over a period of time so um main ones of these ones we usually see is like tendonitis isn't it i'd say yeah it's quite common in like the knee or like the shoulder area or maybe a bit of shoulder impingement that's probably quite common as well so that's like yeah the gradual injuries yeah um the so the catastrophic injuries occur um because of gross load mismanagement so what i'm talking about here is um people not gradually progressing so maybe they hit yeah. like a 70 kilo squat clean and then for whatever reason, you know, they're in a comp, maybe they're fired up, so they attempt a 100 kilo squat clean. You know, a 30 kilogram jump in three weeks, for example, yeah. is not enough of a um, of a progression. And so gross load mismanagement can cause a catastrophic injury. Um, accidents and incidents, this is trips and falls, um, just like freak things occurring, you know, you land funny coming off of a box, things like that yeah, um, can yeah. cause a catastrophic injury. Um, and then generally lack of preparation. So I've only seen a few catastrophic injuries and most of you know of the few that i've seen it's been due to a lack of preparation for a range of motion so Mm. you know i take an example of a squat the highest chance that a muscle is going to get an injury um, occurs at the extreme ranges of motion uh, with the highest amount of load so someone potentially goes for a PB back squat and they lower it down more than they're ready to to, yeah. to do, um, and it puts them in a position they're not used to, um, and that that can potentially cause catastrophic injury. Yeah, I, I I do see this actually. Um, I don't know if you have as well, where someone's going for like a heavier weight or a PB and then they change something. Yeah, like about how they move, and obviously changes something changing your movement pattern with you know over hundred percent of your warm up max. You know your body's not going to be prepared for that. Yeah. But yeah. 
Um, so those are the two types of injuries. Um, you've got the catastrophic and you've got the gradual. We do see the gradual injuries more often. Yeah. We have to admit that. Yeah. Um, a lot more You often. know, b- people pick up things here and there. You know, it's just part part of the nature of pushing your body. Um, the catastrophic injuries, I just wanted to reiterate that they're com- extremely rare. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is to dispel a lot of the... Mo- sometimes we get people come in and they go, oh, that's it, I've fucked my shoulder now. You know, I've done this and yeah. shot, you know. Like every time I have a little bit <laughs> of pain. <laughs> yeah. That was aimed at you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, generally, you know, they're not a catastrophic injury and they're more often than not just gradual ones that can be solved. So, um, to go through then, um, I think it's probably best for us to then go through what to do now as a member if you get one of those injury types so this is our advice we are not physios or chiros or doctors okay Um, but this is what you know our advice as coaches to you would be if you sustain a catastrophic injury depending on the injury first and foremost you need to take some time off training if it's a catastrophic one So obviously if it's a really serious, maybe it's a herniated disc or something, you might need six weeks off. If you've sprained your ankle, you might need six to ten days off. Um, So take some time to settle down um, because your body will be in shock based on the injury. So there will be a lot of inflammation. Your body's number one priority is going to be fixing whatever you've, you know, damaged or protecting the area that you've damaged. So, you know, take some time off of the gym if you've had a catastrophic injury. That's okay. Um, step back and assess what you can you can still do now here's this is a i mean a, we i'll use the member that we had john hodgkinson who came in just after lockdown he had a spinal uh tap he rem, he had discs repaired like he had spinal surgery let's just put it that way okay he yeah. fell on a curb um Ooh. in the ice absolutely horrendous injury yeah he's a boxing coach fell a really active guy and he fell on a curb um and he absolutely wrecked his back and he was in in hospital for months ended up with spinal surgery and so on and so forth yeah it was awful anyway he was not letting that gonna keep him down shout out to john and he's like i want to train i want to do something Uh, you know i'm an active guy and i cannot just lay around Yeah. yeah so he came in and we managed to work around it me jack um and Griff at the time just lit, just worked around it. You oh, know, he's doing nice. legs only assault bike. He was doing bicep curls, stood upright. You know, nothing that moved his spine at all. Yeah, was he like in? Did he have to wear anything or? He well, yeah, he did wear oh, a did bra- uh, like, like a, a brace, brace for a little bit, um, but he never wore it in the gym. And oh, okay. he, you know, he was very very stiff. Um, yeah. I think his body knew he needed to keep you know keep on top. But I think he's back to full fitness now, and he, and he's That's okay. It's, it was a huge recovery. But the point of that story is. Shy fit coaches in any of our gyms can cope with any injury you have. I promise you that. Yes. You know, we will find a way for you to continue to move if you want to move. Yes. Um, and if it's not spinal surgery, then <laughs> then you're fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, assess what you can do. There will be something you can do, even if it's just static bicep curls, you know, or whatever it is. Legs only, assault bike. You will be able to do something and we will be able to help you with that. Um, get back to training again um, eventually you know after you've had your little break and you've assessed what you can do train what you can do you know keep moving as we've discussed it's good for your body to keep the blood flow up keep sending those nutrients around your body this can actually help you recover from your injury but 
recognize that your training isn't about getting better it's just to promote your health and your yeah. recovery and your number one priority after a catastrophic injury is recovery you know yeah. train in order to recover don't train in order to improve you know that's really important actually and that's something that i learned through mine was change my mindset and my rehab was my training yeah you know that became my training recovery was my training yeah and you wasn't training to get better at crossfit you was training to get back to full health exactly. and it's just switching your mindset and yeah it's really important um, and then the fourth thing is seek professional advice on re- rehabilitation. So as much as a cross as a shy fit coach can um, adapt the day's training for you to you know keep you comfortable, there will need to be some rehabilitation process in order to recover from, let's say, a torn rotator cuff or a labrum tear or a spinal surgery. You know, you will need to seek a physio's guidance if that's NHS physio or whatever. You know. Um, private seek some professional guidance on rehabilitation and then the fifth step would be to gradually build towards your full health again or your full range of motion again so take john for example started off with absolutely zero spinal flexion by the time he left us he was doing stuff from the hang you know he's doing a little bit of you know maybe a kettlebell swing with a bit more of an upright chest he was doing some barbell movements from the hang and eventually long term he wants to return to you know lifting off of the floor and things like that gradually Mm. over time see it as a as a process that is steps one to five for catastrophic injury um we'll now move on to gradual yes so for gradual um i think it's just really important to acknowledge the area of pain and be really honest with yourself maybe how long you've been experiencing that pain for and then discuss with one of us guys so one of the coaches just explain like maybe you've had like a shoulder niggle and just be really upfront and honest with us like you know have you been working through it for the past six months you know or has it just maybe come for the last couple of weeks it's important that we know how long you've experienced that pain for because usually the longer you've been working through it it's going to be longer for your recovery so it's just important that we can gauge that um assess what you can do as well so this is step number two so assessing what you can do the good thing is with gradual injuries we don't necessarily need to completely avoid that area of pain we can usually do exercises that will help promote healing in that area um after you've maybe got a diagnosis or maybe we can figure that out between ourselves so this ties in with step number three so keep training so like what max said about john like there's no injury we can't work around and myself especially has had a fair share of injuries um, multiple injuries at once as well so I know how frustrating it can be but I also know how important it is to keep training and I know people come in and they say don't they oh I feel like a burden I don't want to put you out yeah they do yeah like I promise it's never that is our job ever a burden that is what we're there for it keeps it it keeps it interesting and you know what we love the challenge like you know we want to figure stuff out you know and if you know in advance even better drop us a message but please yeah keep coming in keep training I just think about the time that we were at, I was at Corby Mark, Mark Hackett who was a fireman down there he got run over um, it was really bad yeah really seriously injured anyway I think he got out of hospital he had six weeks in hospital he got out and I think like Jeez. day two he was at the gym, was at the gym yeah <laughs> and we set up some crazy things for him we were doing hands only C2 bike like <laughs> on a bench we put the C2 bike oh, on no, the bench and got him bumping <laughs> around with his hands we were doing but it was fun you know it was a real challenge as a coach i enjoyed it like working around what he could do which was very little at the time yeah um yeah again massive shout out to mark who who (laughs) is back now full full crossfit pretty much all the movements you know it just shows if you can get run over 
and return to training. <laughs> You'll I be can't right. <laughs> so hands on the pedals. Yeah. So the hands, were, the box was elevated. the The bike was elevated on the bar, on the box, and then he was pumping it with his hands. That uh, is brilliant. That yeah, is we brilliant. did some mental stuff. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Like awesome of him as well, though. Like to to yeah, do that. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. Um, Mark Hackett. But yeah, so definitely keep training. There's nothing that we you know we can't do. Yeah, you might come in, and you might not feel like you've accomplished much, but. Believe me, believe me, you have. Even if you just come in and do a little bit, even if it is just some bicep curls or, I don't know, arms on the C2, <laughs> arms only on the C2. Like, um, you know, you'll feel better for it. And I know it can be disheartening when you're at the back of the class and you're doing bicep curls and maybe everyone else is doing something more fun, like power cleans, for example. But you keep persevering and, you know, you'll be back doing those power cleans in no time, for example. The next step, so this could be more up to us than up to you, but it's going to be changing things going forward so it could be like you need to strengthen like a certain area so for example using my knee as an example I need to strengthen up my glutes and hamstrings so in class maybe when we're doing a lot of like quad work we could change that for you and individualize that and then say you know we're going to work on your hamstrings and glutes instead Um, another thing would be to change your movement pattern so another great reason to keep coming to classes because you can have coaches eye on you then. So for example, again with my squat, I had to change how I squatted. So I altered my movement pattern and it was great training with Max because he could actually see what I needed to do and he could give me hands-on coaching there and then, which is brilliant. The next one, it could be altering the programming um, altogether. So it could be volume. So if, if it is that you've maybe done too much kipping volume, it could just be that we you do the class as prescribed but all we do is just reduce the volume of the kip in. So there's things that we can do within class or we can do within your program or you can do within your own programming, which is going to help you get better but keep you training as well. Mega. Um, So you've got a little bit of an action plan now for both of those injury types. If you get get an injury, um, what you can potentially do with that. Um, And... As always, we are there as coaches for you at all times for you to, you know, communicate. And I would just like put this out as a plea to all members out there. If you've got an injury or niggle or something that's, that's um, what's the word? I don't know. Bothering. Yeah, okay. Bothering <laughs> you. Then speak to a coach about it. And nine times out of ten, they've probably had it themselves or they've seen it before. And they can help you and prevention is obviously better than cure in, in yeah you know, speak early get there early get there early help it take my advice from that definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um so just to round out the conversation we're going to talk about like what is pain um because i think a lot of people potentially get this um wrong um going back to one of those myths that we discussed that they, they believe that pain is something wrong pain is way more complex than that mm. um and you know i'm not i i'm not i'm you know qualified enough to even discuss this but i just want you to be aware that it's way more complex than you're potentially giving it credit for for example people on battlefields you know have been had their legs blown off and have explained that they've put in in after action reviews that they had no pain and they were continue were able to continue fighting yeah um and that all pain is really is a signal that something is wrong and it needs fixing I was worried you was going to say pain's a choice. Or pain. Oh, no. <laughs> pain's an emotion. <laughs> no, that's just cold. You choose pain. Yeah. Um, side note, I believe that being cold is a choice, not an actual thing. But yeah, back to pain. Um, yeah, pain is just a signal from your body that something is wrong. 
um, and it may maybe need some attention. So obviously, in the you know battlefield scenario, yeah. with your leg bone off, the pain will be massively severe because you know you need attention immediately in order to stay alive. Um, but if the risk is of an in, an enemy being in front of you is higher, your body might choose to ignore that pain, yeah. you know, and not even present it as a signal. Um, there are other examples of people w- get, um, getting herniated discs, bulging discs, um, and being scanned. One group with a herniated disc on the scan showing symptoms of pain. Other groups with the same scan, same um, symptoms presented with no pain. No pain. Um, you know, there's loads of examples. Conor McGregor continuing to um fight and train with um ruptured acls where other uh, footballers for example cannot continue to play with a minor tear on an acl it's it, you know the examples are on and on and on and endless but essentially i just want to visit the fact that if you are in pain it is not necessarily a huge ca- catastrophic mechanical fault that something is wrong in your body it yeah. may well just be a signal um maxell had in the training think tank course for movement discussed a time where he essentially would get back pain deadlifting because of an emotional tie to what happened with him before so mm-hmm. he was in a competition it was a deadlift he deadlifted and hurt his back any time that he was being watched deadlifting after that above a certain weight he would get pain even though the injury had subsided his disc had been repaired or you know whatever he'd done had, was fixed and he could deadlift snatch do everything without any pain the moment he was being watched under a heavy deadlift because of the emotional tie to that he would get back pain it's crazy it's isn't incredible it? isn't yeah. it what's it called psychosymptomatic is it what's it yeah that, where it's you your brain can signal pain but it's not actually anything wrong yeah. i think i had that with my knee i used to associate squatting with pain so yeah. every time i squat it'd be painful but my knee was fine but it had to like almost untrain that yeah. mentally. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, yeah, yeah and, it's really clever. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm yeah, like I said, I'm not an expert on pain, um, but I just wanted you to be aware that there is another world out there in terms yeah. of the complexity huge, of it. You yeah. cannot just say, "Oh, my shoulder's hurting. I must have a pec tear." You know, yeah. it's not that simple. Okay, I've just adopted this as a quick one. Ooh. Crazy. I just thought <laughs> about it there whilst Tara was talking. I'm going to be, we're doing a bit of a week of vulnerability in the team and we're sharing some vulnerability. And I'm going to be super vulnerable on this podcast and share some top mistakes that we've made, I've made, or we've made as a yeah. brand potentially in terms of injuries. Um, I think it'd be quite a cool way to finish. Yeah. So, and Tara, you can chime in on these whenever you want, okay. by the way. Um, my, one, my top three mistakes that I've made are I don't think. As a coach, I've protected young, strong women enough. Now, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But generally, women come in with really strong, powerful legs. Yes. But not the upper body to um, go with that. Mm-hmm. So often, they can lift weights um, through their lower body that they don't have the right to control with their upper body. Yeah. So I'm thinking with the Olympic lifts and things like this, you know, someone can snatch a weight that they don't really have the right to. Yes, um, And I haven't been good enough as a coach in the past at protecting those types of women by saying, I know you can lift 40, you know, now, but you're not ready for that, so stay at this weight, um, you know, yeah. build towards certain weights. 
yeah. what do you think it's yeah it's, it's a difficult one isn't it so like women, and that's not sexist by the way it's just no. that generally men have the upper body development so it's actually the other way with men they haven't got the legs yeah to, to yeah. drive it up to be honest so like women we have about 80 percent. we can share about 80 percent of a male's lower body and it's about 30 to 40 percent of a male's upper body so yeah. it's a and it's a big difference between upper and lower um and it's difficult actually because yeah that the, the ha- you don't want to take that away from them. Yeah. Especially when someone celebrates uh, or they're really happy about it and it's something they've worked hard for. Yeah. But like you said, I've, I've been there as well where I've, I've thought, oh, actually, like, they haven't really got the shoulder stability for that, to mm. keep doing that. Yeah. Um. So I, I agree, yeah. And, and there's, you know, there's a general trend in that direction mm. that I see, like, with Olympic lifting girls ending up with, um, you know, bicep tendonitis, which manifests in the shoulder. Yeah. Um, because of too much maybe snatching, cleaning yeah. with weights that they can't really uh, control with the upper yeah. body. Um, second big mistake I've made is being scared to say no. This is a really tough one as a coach. Mm. There have been three incidences in my coaching career, and I remember them now. I remember the member, and I remember the exact moment that it happened where someone's done something and I've looked at it and I've thought, they probably shouldn't do that and I haven't stepped in because I don't again I didn't want to ruin their session or, yeah. or put them down and they've ended up injured so this is a public declaration that that will not be happening again if I see yeah. something I might well say to members like no bring the weight down don't do that again um, an example would be um, a girl that was training with us previously pressing overhead um a heavy weight it was a strict press and she was really compensating through her lower back because her t-spine was tight yeah saw her go for her near pb weight thought oh that's that don't look good she's compensating a lot there but she was going for a pb and i thought well it's only one more rep yeah, and i don't want to yeah. ruin it for her the pbs you know. are never really pretty are they you no, know yeah and i just thought oh she'll be okay guess what pressed it her lower back you know that was my fault as a coach definitely should have stepped in to say no it's so hard like you say yeah. as a coach to be able to do that you have to have like it's real... hard knowing the line isn't it yeah it's yeah. really hard knowing the line and i think when someone's like especially when they're really enjoying the session and sometimes actually it's not always when they're enjoying the session it's you can see someone getting frustrated and they're really determined and it's you're like they, they shouldn't do that way and it's trying to get them to maybe lower the weight and you know you don't want them to leave feeling disheartened and it is really difficult and we have their best interest at heart and i think that's really impo- yeah. important to put across like we're everything we say or do is to make the member better you know we don't get any benefit from it you know we want to make them better and it it is difficult because we want them to have fun but we also want them to be safe and injury free yeah and then the last one is um sort of volume errors with the programming um which it's just the nature of learning to program Mm -hmm. um and i suppose with this one the reason that i'm saying it is that i want everyone to be aware that i am monitoring these things you know yeah we do um, talk about it yeah um and maybe we've done cycles in the past with too much pulling which has created those shoulder issues maybe we've done cycles in the past with too much kipping um where people aren't ready for it uh maybe we haven't managed the loading jumps correctly or managed the volume jumps correctly mm. and this is why we follow such a dedicated programming cycle at Shirefit. it's not random programming that you do it's all planned out step by step and we refine it and we get better at it. And every yeah. time we finish a cycle, we look at what 
went well and what went wrong and and potentially you know i will admit now on the this podcast that we've made some errors in the past and the volume has gone up too quickly or the weight has gone up too quickly and we've not potentially balanced that with the stuff you need to be healthy um so a lot of the stuff we do in the warm-ups and in, in and around the strength work is designed to promote health and balance the side yeah the the sort of dark side of training with the you know thousand kipping pull-ups or thousand total bars that we do. yeah so that is why everybody listening it's important for you to engage in those weird exercises we sometimes do in the warm-up you know don't just pay lip service to them give yeah. them a much as much attention as the workout as the workout or the strength work that you're doing because they are the things that keep you healthy in the long run that is not me making an excuse of the fact that that's at times I have, yeah. you know, made errors on the programming side. And um, it is difficult because obviously you're programming for a group of people, very different, very different abilities. Um, so for one person, it might be great. It might be perfect for someone else. It might not. So it is difficult. And I think if you can always communicate, like the members could always communicate with us. If yeah. they do experience a niggle or if they are unsure of the volume or anything like that, then we can even just tailor it to the individual there and then as well you know i think communication is really important yeah for that mega so um to sort of in summary there are two types of injury you got catastrophic and gradual injuries um and if you do get one of these you've been given a step-by-step plan to follow um communicate with your coaches as mm. much as possible with these things um never use the rice method <laughs> unless you're competing the next day um try and remove that stigma as best as possible if you've got an injury it doesn't mean it's not the end of the world don't have that massive emotional um reaction to the injury um and don't necessarily assume that there's something wrong within your body it might just be a signal i need that on my fridge or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah have you cancelled your private health care you kept Uh, it oh no i cancelled it oh yeah Yeah, okay (laughs) for now for now yeah until the next injury Right, guys, uh, we'll finish there. Thank you. Bye.